since today's a little bit of a different Sunday anyways, because we're going to be sharing testimonies. If you're at, if you're at camp, um, we're going to make an opportunity for you to share a testimony, whether you were on staff or a camper, and you can come on up to the front so you can be ready to give that testimony so you can make your way up here while I talk about some stuff. Um, so at Family Life Church, something that you'll notice sometimes is once in a while um, during worship, someone will um, come forward and share a word. You guys are familiar? You've seen that happen once in a while? Somebody shut those doors for me. That would be awesome. Um, so every once in a while, we have someone who wants to share a word, and they will um, come up front and share a word. And that's something that we want to happen. We want people, if, if God is speaking something to you, um, we want you to feel free to share that with us. If God is speaking something, he wants all of us to hear. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of a um, protocol on how that happens. Um, so if you feel like God is speaking something to you that might be for everyone to hear, or even if you're not sure and you're like, maybe it is, maybe it's not, maybe it's for me, maybe it's for everyone, I don't know. Um, we always have two people stationed right in the back um, by the media booth, kind of right under that TV that's back there. It's either elders or a pastor from the church. Um, and you can go back with them and you can share with them what you feel like God um, spoke to you or speaking to you. And they'll help figure out if that is something that would be for everyone to hear or maybe if it was just something for you. If they decide that it's something for everyone to hear, um, sometimes in the past there's been times where people um, came up to give a word and maybe they couldn't be heard or maybe the mic wasn't on or some little awkward thing like that. So I just want to tell everyone kind of what to do so that hopefully that will be as smooth as possible, okay? So what you'll do is if, if the elders that are stationed in the back say, hey, we want you to share this word for everyone, what you'll do is you'll go over to the sound booth and get this microphone right here, and they will hand it to you, and it will already be turned on, but it'll be muted in the back so that you walking up here isn't making all kinds of noise. You don't have, any, you have to push any buttons or anything like that. You can just come up and then... Don't stand over in front of this microphone. Sometimes like people are a little scared to share something and they kind of hide over in the corner or behind the flags or something like that. Um, don't do that. Come right over to the middle so that people can see you and they know who's speaking. And then put the mic right up against your chin. There's a little divot in your chin and that's designed by God to hold a microphone. <laughs> and if you have a beard, don't rub it around because that's just weird. You get that going on. Um, so just come to the front and hold the microphone close and speak. Um, and if you feel like you're not being heard right away, like you say something, just start over again, share it again, and the sound guys will turn you up so that you can be heard appropriately so we can all hear what God is saying. Okay? You guys understand? Good. Cool. All right. So this last week we did camp. We did Camp Judah Senior Camp. Um, for those of you um, who might be new here or not be familiar with camp, it might seem a little strange that we're talking about a camp or like, what's the big deal? Like, why do you guys want to talk about a camp? Why do you care about a camp? Um, I'll tell you, first of all, Camp Judah is not the same as every other summer camp that happens all over the place. It's a little different. And it's a, it's a camp that our church has been involved with for a long time. Um, all of the administration for both camps happens out of our church. Um, Kathy Maurer is the camp administrator, and she helps us with all that stuff. Um, lots of the people who direct the camp um, come from this church. Uh, there's a big, huge shed over there. That's the camp shed that's on our church property. So we're involved with, in this camp in like a lot of different ways. 
Um, some people have helped take stuff up to camp to make it happen for like 10 years. Um, so our, our church is really, really involved in it. And so you might like wonder, like, why is our church involved in it? Why would you choose to do that with your time? Um, and the reason for that is that we have seen over time that Camp Judah has been really, really effective at making opportunities for people to meet with God, making opportunities for people to commit their lives to God or recommit their lives to God, making opportunities for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit this year, people to be baptized in water. Um, we had like 25 kids who wanted to be baptized in water, and we didn't like announce it. We weren't planning on it. That we've, We don't do that at Camp Judah. We kind of leave that up to local churches usually. And we had a couple of kids who said like, hey, we want to get baptized. One kid who said their parents dropped them off and told them to get baptized, which is kind of strange, but <laughs> I don't know where the parent got that idea. Um, so that kind of got the ball rolling, and then a few kids were talking. They were like, hey, I want to get baptized. And we had some people who said they'd never even seen someone get baptized, didn't know that it was a real thing that people did anymore. Um, so we were, so I got together, I made an announcement and said, hey, if you're interested in getting baptized, let us know. Um, and then we kind of gathered up those kids and I explained to them what baptism was, why it was important, why we do it, why we still believe in it. And um, the night before, uh, Pastor Jeff Hokinson from Arcade, he spoke and kind of the theme of his message was like take, having enough fuel to make it the distance having enough spiritual fuel to make it the distance. Um, so he was talking to the kids about making their faith their own, about them learning to fuel themselves in terms of their faith, their spiritual fuel. So out of that, some more kids were like, I want to make my faith my own. I've kind of been riding on the coattails of my parents' faith for a while, and I want to make it my own. And they said, when they heard about, about some people getting baptized, they said, I want to get baptized kind of as a first step to make my faith my own. So we had like 25 kids who wanted to, probably about 10 of them, their parents wanted them, they wanted to be present for it, and they wanted to do it in their home church, which was totally cool. So we told them to wait and do that back at their local church. But then 15 of them, their parents wanted them to do it, and they, for whatever reason, maybe didn't have an opportunity at their church, so we made a way for them to do it. Um, and this is just me kind of sharing with you why we do camp. Um, one of the girls who got baptized um, her counselor had shared with me that she had said that she had been um, really, really struggling with a lot of stuff in her life. She was like in a, a really hard place and she had been, it had been getting worse and it had been that way for a while and had been going on for a couple years. She was kind of got herself into this bad place and then it was like one thing led to another, just kept getting worse and worse. And she found herself at a place where she was like, didn't even know if she really wanted to go on in life much anymore. Um, so that girl wanted to get baptized, so she called her mom, and her mom said, sure, you can get baptized. So she got baptized, and then at the end of the week, um, I was doing deregistration, and her mom, um, I didn't know it was her mom, actually, some lady came over and, like, sat next to me, and she was kind of crying, and she was like, I know you're busy, but could I, could I take some of your time for a second just to share with you about, like, how important this camp is to me? So I was like, sure. So... She was kind of saying stuff through tears and trying to get it out, but basically she said um, about two or two and a half years ago, she found out that her daughter, just like watching her, she, it's like something changed. She didn't even really know what changed. She couldn't really put her finger on like this event happened or that event happened, didn't really know. But she said she just started like feeling like she was losing her daughter. Her daughter used to be outgoing and bubbly and fun and she had a great relationship with her mom, but she just said, I feel like I'm losing her. Like I feel like she's slipping away. 
So she, um, she had a meeting with the school that, that her daughter goes to, and she talked to the school. And they said they would set up some in-house therapy twice a week. Um, so they tried that for a while. That didn't really seem like much change. It actually seemed like she was slipping further and further into this place of depression. And she felt like she was losing her daughter even more. So then she set up um, a once a month or once a week meeting with a Christian counselor. So she was doing two, two days a week of therapy in school. And she's meet, meeting once a month or a week, I don't know, with a Christian counselor. Um, and it, it, the progression just kept continuing. She kept slipping further and further away. So then they um, found this other counselor who kind of specialized in helping people specifically break out of depression. So now she's meeting with this person weekly. So she's got like four counselors or therapists she's meeting with um, regularly. And the mom just feels like she's watching her daughter slip further and further and further away. Nobody really knows what is happening. They don't know why it's happening. They can't really put their finger on it. Um, she said she had had a meeting with a counselor um, who just basically said, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so then this girl, eventually she had a friend who said, you should send, your, send her to summer camp. So she's like, okay. So she sends her to summer camp. Um, and then she, this girl had a pretty positive experience at camp. God was doing a lot in her. Um, I, from watching her and seeing her around camp, I would have had no idea that this girl was struggling with depression before she went to camp. Like, to me, she looked like every other girl who was having an awesome time at camp. And the mom said that when she called her to ask if she could be baptized, um, she was on her lunch break at work, and she was with a group of women who she was friends with, and had, they'd been, like, praying for her daughter. So the daughter calls to ask if she can be baptized, and the mom is really confused because she, saw, she it was the girl from camp, her younger daughter, but because of the way that her voice sounded, she thought for sure it was her older daughter. Her older daughter is like doing great and fine and happy and enjoys life. And so she's like thinking, why does she want to get baptized? Like, I don't understand, like, why are you asking me if you can get baptized? And like, and then eventually she realizes, oh, this is my younger daughter. And she's at camp, and she wants to get baptized. And she's like, she said she just couldn't believe it. And some of her friends who were there, they heard the conversation, and they thought it was the older daughter, too. They couldn't believe what this girl's voice sounded like. So she, she, I think she ended the conversation by saying, like, what I've tried and tried to make happen over the last two and a half years through counselors and therapists um, and these other people, if that hasn't happened, you guys accomplished in five days. The thing that she had been crying out to God for to get her daughter back. When she got to camp, her daughter literally like chased her down to hug her, and she said on the car ride to camp, they she wouldn't even speak to her. Wouldn't like she would try and talk to her, and the daughter would straight up ignore, her, like wouldn't even speak to her. So that is why we do camp. That is why our church is involved in camp. That's why we put so much effort and energy into camp. That's why it's a big deal because there's a whole group of people who's who encountered God and are not the same as they were when they started. And yeah, they might come back from camp. I'll tell you this to parents who are here. Yeah, they might come back from camp and it might seem like not a whole lot changed, but those things that God does, it, add, it adds up over time. So if, you're, if your kid comes back and it's like, maybe they say they're changed, but then in a couple of weeks, it seems like, oh, they're right back where they were. Give them, give them a break. Give them the kind of break that you want when you act ridiculous. Um, cut them some slack because these encounters with God, you don't change overnight, and neither do they. So these encounters with God, they add up over time, and eventually they lead to us becoming more like what God had in mind when he created us.
All right? So we're going to hear some testimonies from some people who are at camp. Um, so who wants to go first? Cliff. So as far as I know, this camp didn't have an official theme, right? No official theme. But I got to tell you that I think God had a theme. And I think it was, you're not alone. It seemed to me like all week long, every message and every counselor and every camper I talked to, it's like God was trying to get them to understand that they're not alone in this world. It started, I realized this like pretty quickly, because even before the first night when we had our very first preaching, like even at dinner, this kid from another cabin came over to me and he said, hey, Brother Cliff, and I'm like, you know me, who are you? I didn't know who this kid was, and he said, hey, can you give me some verses about loneliness? And I was like, well, you know, there are a lot of verses in the Bible about loneliness. Um, really what it is is that all throughout the Bible, God wants his people to understand that it's his greatest desire to be with them. He doesn't want to leave us alone. He's always with us. And I talked to him about several different verses about you know, how he's always with us and how Jesus said he'd be with us even to the end of the age. He's not going to leave us alone. And I said, but if what you really mean is that you need to have a person to talk to, why don't you every day ask God to send you someone and start looking to see who God is sending you today? And that really seemed to, to, to mean something huge to him. I mean, we were just barely getting started. We haven't even eaten dinner, and already this kid is like he's hitting on God's theme for the week. Like, that night, I'm pretty sure that was what the, 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 the message was about. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. How, how did, I mean, God is awesome. He knew ahead of time that that kid and everybody else was going to need to know he's not going to leave him alone. And it just amazed me, you know, even later in the week, kids were still coming and talking to me about how they were amazed about the many different ways that they can get to know God better because he's here and he's with us. And we can read his Bible and we can see what kinds of things he says to us so that we can even hear his voice. We are his sheep and we hear his voice. And I was amazed how all week long, even up to the last day, it seemed like God was making sure we all knew we're not alone. Awesome. Who's next? We're going to speak over that music. Sarah, you're accompanied <laughs> by Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> um, so... Pastor John kind of stole my testimony. I was going to talk about that camper, too, because she was um, actually in my cabin. But I thought I'd just share a few other details that, um, that weren't really discussed. Um, so yeah, this, this camper was, was in my cabin. And um, I also just wouldn't have guessed that you know, she was going through the things that, that she was going through. Um, and so one of the nights, I think it was like the second night or something, she you know, came up to me and she's like, hey, like, I, just, I really want to talk to you. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to pray with you. I prayed with somebody else during the altar call, but I, I just, I want to talk to you too. And um, so he went out on uh, the cabin deck 
and do just that. And she just sort of, you know, told me more about her her life story, about the the family situation that she had at home. Um, and uh, I'm praying throughout this this entire thing because I'm like God, like I don't know what what to say. I don't I don't know what to do. So I I need you um, to really help me help me out here. Um, and at one point, she was just talking about how she you know she ha- she knows she's saved she has this desire to like be in the word um and you know and to connect with god and she knows god loves her but there's like she pointed she's like there's like this disconnect in the middle um and she didn't know what it was and um so i'm praying and and god immediately just brings to mind talk to her about baptism and talk to her about being filled with the holy spirit and so i was like okay this is kind of weird like seems like a kind of random thing but um i explained it to her and the first thing that she said after I, after I finished was like, oh, I get it now. Of course I want to do that. I want to do that as soon as I can. Um, and so, you know, I started praying then, then for an opportunity because so although she, her childhood was spent in the church, um, as family things sort of happened, um, her mom kind of stopped taking her to church and, and this family really stepped in and they've recently started bringing her to youth group. Um, and occasionally, and occasionally, she'll be able to go to church as well. Um, and so I just told her, like, listen, like, you talk to any sort of pastor, you know, youth pastor, or when you get the opportunity, and and we'll see. And I'll start, and I'll be praying for you for an opportunity, um, you know, to be baptized. And um, one of the things that God also really put on my heart was to, you know, get her a new Bible because she had this King James Version Bible, which is no problem with it, but at 14, it's a little bit hard to understand. Um, so, like, I started praying for those t- two things, and God provided a, a Bible for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, and on, what was it, Wednesday, Thursday morning, when you announced that um, they were going to be doing baptisms, it was just such an answer to prayer and so amazing. And um, her mom also came up to me and, and told the story of, you know, like, getting that call and not recognizing her own daughter's voice. Um and so, you know, we said goodbye, and I got her contact information, and um, I just want to read you a text that she sent me yesterday um, in the middle of my morning. Um, so she just said to me, thank you so much again for my Bible. Last night when my mom and I were getting ready to go to bed, I asked her about her Bible, and she took it out and showed me hers, which resulted in her reading hers too. We prayed last night, and she agreed that we're going to start going to church together too every week. So, like, already God, time and time again, answered prayers through, um, through this girl. And um, not only was it, it was, it was so encouraging to see, you know, in her life and, like, see how God is working that. But through that, like, really showed me that, you know, he, when he puts something on your heart, when he gives you those desires of your hearts, like, he loves to answer, answer those kinds of prayers because he gives you the ideas for them. Um, so just was so encouraging to see that and see the way that, that he's doing genuine change in this girl's family um, and being reminded that, you know, he really does answer prayer. So. Mine is actually kind of a combination of the last two. Um, my cabin, our cabin had its a, a theme, um, which is more on identity in Christ, which is an extension of, of his being with us always. Um, when John started talking about the girl, I thought he was talking about one of my girls, actually. Um, I had the gamut, the, the kids that have come up in the church and um, just that, that um, 
kind of innocence that can come with that. And then I've had kids, I had one girl who was trying to decide whether or not to give her son up for adoption. She's 15. Uh, so kind of the whole gamut of kids in there. Um, one of them, I'd actually had her before. Her mom brought her in. I said, oh, I know this one. I know how this goes. All right, so let's do this. I assured her mom, like, we can handle it. It's okay. Um, and so the first couple of days, we were talking about the sermons and whatnot, and just um, I had challenged them. Like, I want you guys to, to, to see what God calls you. What is it that he, he thinks when he sees you? Um, and then we got to a point Wednesday, I think, where uh, I had him sit down and write out, okay, what are the things that you've been hearing from other people? What are the things you've been hearing from God? And um, they had these little name tags, and God calls me. Uh, and this one girl couldn't think of anything on Sunday night. It was just blank. Um, by Friday, there was four or five things on there. Um, she had come up. She got baptized. Her mom came up to me on Friday, and she's just like, I I don't know what you guys did. I haven't seen her this happy in years. I haven't seen her surrounded by people that love her this much in a really long time. I was astonished that she wanted to be baptized. Like her mom watched the um, live feed and cried through the whole thing, just amazed at what God had done um, in those four or five days. And I was sitting here going, same kid? Because I struggled with her all week long. You need to have longer shorts. Here's why. You need to stay covered. Here's why. And we started with the, like, you have value that's so much more than, than your clothing and those things. And finally, we got to the point where I was like, okay, we've had the value conversation. We've had the moral conversation. Put longer shorts on. <laughs> like, we're done. Um, and so that was kind of the whole week. Um, I had one young lady come up the Tuesday night. I was so homesick on Sunday. I didn't want to be here. And by Monday morning, I didn't have a problem. Like, the, the, the way that the Lord is working and the way that the Spirit is just there. She's like, this feels like home. She had never been to camp, this camp before. She came with uh, the roads. She's like, it just, it feels like home. I feel safe here. Good. Um, and then, little testimony for myself. Um, went through the first half of the week kind of just wrestling with my own stuff, a little bit detached. Um, and so got to Thursday night, and I was like, all right, Lord, I'm up here. I'm worshiping. And there's just nothing like all these people I, I can see that you're moving and it's incredible and I love it and it's amazing like I just I just want to be desperate to, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to be desperate like that's what I need I need to want to go after you um, <laughs> and then he did it and then I was a bucket of tears and he started he just started moving and doing in my life as well and that's just um, that seemed like the whole week we ask he answers we ask he answers and it doesn't look like what I expect it to look like. It doesn't look like what parents expected or the kids expected. But everybody was touched because that has to happen when the spirit falls. That has to happen when we're, when we're in his presence. So thank you guys for your prayers. Vital. Well, honestly... Um I was not sure if I was going to do the camp. <laughs> I was like thinking, should I do it, should I not? <coughs> because, you know, Sarah is going to be um, having our third one in September. And I thought it would be nice to have like extra vacation time with her before she, you know, goes into labor and maybe afterwards. And so I was just si sitting there and thinking and praying. 
should I do it, should I not? And then I think I texted John, or John texted me, and I said, um, so do you still need um, volunteers for the senior camp? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll wait till you ask. He was like, so can you? <laughs> so, and I was like, yeah, so, and going there, I thought, what is it that I can offer, you know, besides just like babysitting or something? That's what I thought. And I didn't know what age group I was going to get. Um, and so I got there and I prayed like, you know, God, I'm, I'm here. I'm just open. And I think it really helped that Nick was preaching about um, being open and going uh, where God has you to go. So um, it's been a long time since I've, um, I mean, after we moved here, it's been about two years and I haven't done anything like that. Let's say like being the, you know, investing into young people's life, except for last year when I was a CAT. But when I got there and the group got there and I thought, okay, this is such a diverse group of young people <laughs> that's in my cabin. Like how do I bring both sides together because they, um, they happen to be like um, in the past in two different cabins, which means I think it's based on age, uh, how they were divided, but definitely they split up into groups and I was like, no, we need to stay together. So I got them all together and I told them like what we're gonna do, what's the program and stuff. So um, I can't say that my time there was uneventful. It was very eventful with lots of <laughs> adventures, not a lot of sleep. <laughs> but all, all I can say is that uh, I really had a lot of fun and it was kind of difficult in the beginning because um, I saw them not really responding to the word during the first uh, chapel, and I thought, okay, I guess I need to like uh, do something else. And I was hoping that they would be open during the discussion time, so devos that we had were a little bit difficult in the beginning, but then God started opening up some of them. And by the end of the week, all of them wanted to say something and share and encourage one another, which was great. I never had problems asking them for any volunteers to pray, uh, to open and close our discussions. And um, there was one guy who um, I could tell that he was struggling with uh, being like open about his feelings toward God and in front of everyone. He would never come up, fr up front. And so I just prayed for him and then encouraged him. And then um, I remember the first day I was like going around them and just, you know, praying for them, they didn't even know about that. And then God pointed at one kid sitting on the ground and he just told me, go up to him and pray for him and ask him what's his name. So I came up to him and I was like, what's your name? He's like, my name is Christian. I was like, is it okay if I pray for you? He's like, yeah. And I said, is there something specific you'd like me to pray about? He's like, well, my mom is in the hospital and I really miss her. And like, he almost was in tears. And I was like, okay, who's your counselor? He's like, Cliff. Like, okay, I'll pray for you, and then pray for him. So I prayed over him. And throughout the whole week, I also remembered to pray for him. At the end of the camp, I came up to him. He was, like, totally different. He was smiling. And I saw some uh, videos being posted. Um, he was really happy. And I asked him, so how was your week? He was like, it was really great. So like, I'm glad that God answered your prayer, you know. So, um, but, of course, for me, it was, like, God reminded that whatever happens around you, whatever circumstances are, he is there, he's in control. And he basically gave me this word. Um, 
in Russian Bible, it's Psalm 45, 11. Остановитесь и познайте, что я Бог, буду превознесен в народах, превознесен на земле. And in English it's 46.10. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted in among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. So that was the thing for the camp for me. Hi, guys. So I had half of a plan for this testimony. I got ideas while I was sitting here hearing people. Like, first of all, I've noticed that, like every time I go to a camp, I can look back on a previous camp and realize how much it affected me in that whole year before. Like, sometimes it doesn't even matter at all. Like, it's not a big thing. But other times, it's much more significant. Um, last year, I was on a staff at junior camp and uh, you see we weren't even really doing anything huge the CITs and the kitchen staff had all gathered up we were having this campfire after everything was done for the day it was the last day before Friday and everyone went home and I was hanging out with Tani and this friend he had she's a cool person and this idea just came to mind I thought to myself I want to learn how to rap and John knows how that turned out, because he saw that. <laughs> that was good. Uh, on a more important note for life, there was, um, I've also noticed every year God impacts me, and which is you know what you're supposed to have happen to you at camp. So good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is what I get for learning this. And like specifically Thursday night, just something clicked. I was, we just had a crazy altar call. Like God's presence had been all over the place. It was really awesome. Then everyone started like chanting one more song. John remembers this. And uh, I remember at first, uh, Jeff Parshall, who was leading worship that day, was reluctant, but then he gave in. We did God's Great Dance Floor, and it was awesome. And I have this really um, interesting habit. It's kind of annoying sometimes, but it's also cool. Like when, I, when I'm worshiping, I have this weird habit of looking around at everyone else for some reason. But there's one thing I noticed. As we were singing that song, compared to earlier when we had sang it, there was a whole lot more joy in the room. Like, we went for, from the first time we sang it, people just kind of standing there, to later, I could look around. I could see people, like, whose faces earlier had been blank. They were just lit up with joy, which is awesome. And, yeah, that was, it just reminded me of why God's presence is awesome and what it can do to you. Yeah, that's a good place. All right. <laughs> Hi. Um, I think this week of camp actually was probably the best week of camp I've had because Monday, like, just while I was worshiping, I was just slammed by the Holy Spirit because 
actually the week before, I was, it's like we were playing a game of tag. God was running and I was chasing after him, but I just gave up. I just stood there panting. And then that week, I was just encouraged to just keep on going. And then I caught him. I was just overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, I just lost strength in my legs and I was on my knees just... <laughs> Tears flowing down my face. I mean, on the inside, I was like, all right. Satan, why are you here? Get out. Keep him out. And then we just started having a party on the inside. I was just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> on, the on the outside, I'm on my knees just like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. It's just awesome. Then later that night, I got hit again. <laughs> I was just standing there in my row, just crying again. <laughs> it's just awesome. It's the best experience I've had at camp. And I also remember that night, I was actually, when we were singing God's Great Dance Floor the first time, I was jumping there, and everybody behind me, just that whole section was just standing there like, yeah. Yeah. And I ended up turning around, jumping, and they're like, come on, guys, just come on. <laughs> just that whole week was just awesome. And just every single week in the past years is just building up. It keeps on building up. You'll gain more joy every single week you go. John kind of stole my idea. <laughs> Thursday was the day that basically clicked for everyone. Um, let's say, like you said, everyone was like all bored at first at the very beginning. But then when the altar call happened, almost like lots of people who we've been praying for for several years finally went up and basically gave their life to God or helped break down the walls that were holding them in place. Um, and you could feel like the Holy Spirit just rushing into the room all of a sudden, and everyone was just like pouring out their souls to him. So... Great testimonies. <clears throat> um, I'm Kathy, for those of you who might not know. I um, serve as an administrator for camp, but I also serve as a camp nurse for the week. And uh, thank you for praying. Very, very minimal illness or injury, aside from an allergic reaction that required a hospital visitation. But she's fine. Her face looks great. <laughs> Almost back down to normal. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, it was really, it, that was the, on that end, I, there was very little to deal with. I have to give medications, um, and I had a, uh, I would say, a larger than average amount of medications to give. Um, and the reason I bring that up is, is something that's already been addressed here and something I was very aware of during the week in my conversations with different campers. This generation is particularly dealing with hopelessness, depression, and anxiety. And so some of these kids, too many of these kids are on 
um, really psychiatric medications in order to help stabilize their their thinking and their moods. Um, so life's hard right now for a lot of teenagers, more than you uh, possibly could imagine. So we have, you know, girls, uh, like John said, that that one girl, and I know, I know which girl it is, and it, she doesn't walk around somber, but in her head there are lies she's bound up with or was. Um, and I had um, more than a few conversations with young men and w women there dealing with, you know, I'd, I'd have a young, uh, he's 17, 18 years old, come and he'd sometimes take medication, sometimes he wouldn't. was very frustrated that he had medication at all, but he could feel it. He'd wake up and he'd think, despair. And then he'd start to get sick and then he would ultimately vomit. And this is all in secret because having a mental illness is taboo, not cool. And uh, so I'm saying that, first of all, um, rejoicing in, in the work of God in all of these lives. But please pray for this generation and be aware that something is really weighing down um, teenagers right now. And a lot of uh, hopelessness, I guess, is the, is the key word that I think of. And I suppose that that comes for a whole bunch of different reasons, um, you know, family life or whatever, just maybe the pressures and expectations that that they feel put upon them. I don't know. Um, I don't know all the reasons. I do deal a, a lot in my job with that generation as well, and I'm aware of it there. But when you see it um, in the primarily churched, it's 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 difficult. Um, so I thank God for camp that allows a connection with the one who is hope. And... Um, just, I just wanted to share like a personal testimony, and I'm really still right in the middle of processing it. Uh, first of all, I wasn't sure, uh, like like Jonathan, I wasn't sure what I was going to say. Prayed on the way here. I'm like, God, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And uh, and then I walked into prayer before we had service. I had prayer, and, and Sharon was praying, and she said, uh, she just really commented on Father, thank you for all the testimonies of the young people and remind us older ones that we're still in a place of growing and still in a place of, place of change, that it's not just the youngers. And I, it was in that that I'm like, all right, you know, all right. The Lord doesn't look at it like the little ones need all the help and all the old ones have all of it together. And sometimes we do that, and we can assume if we're in our 50s or our 60s that we shouldn't have problems, and so if we do have problems or issues, we hide it. And that we're supposed to teach the 40-year-olds in the 40s, the 30s, and 30s, the 20s, and there we go. And that's the linear move of how God works in a life, and it's just not true. And I've been at camp for about 20, um, served at camp for 20 years. And it's, I, just, I absolutely just love watching what God does. But I am now far enough along where the leaders, the ones who are speaking, um, John and, and Nick and um, others that are up there speaking are now, they're the leaders, and they were the, they were the little kids not that long ago, I promise, and they were doing punky little things back then, you know. But you prayed and hope and you, and you watched, and now they're speaking. And I, what I found is that I was listening to chapel services, and the Lord is like zinging me with these things, that these truths that these young men and women are delivering and I'm just like 
this is just so cool how God works in the kingdom. He's like, he's not looking at ages and how long you've been alive. Or his life is his life is his life. It's eternal. And it, and it can come out of a baby. It can come out of a, you know, it can come out of a young one and it can come out of an old one. Just have your ears open and listen to what he says. So there was one morning, um, Noah Hudnall, and I've known him since he was eight, as a camper, and he's a counselor. He's a counselor of the oldest group, the older, old, oldest young men's group. And uh, he was sharing one you know, morning when everybody's a little bit tired and still not awake. And he said something that really um, addressed an issue that the Lord's been dealing with in me. And um, for many of you, you know that uh, some many years ago, I was struggling with a great deal of being over, uh, consumed with despair. The Lord, in his mir miraculous power, delivered me and made me a prisoner of hope. And I've said that. Those of you who know me know that I say that. And it's true. I'm a prisoner of hope. I, I have never tasted that despair again. But recently, the Lord has been calling me up a little bit and saying, you are, you've actually disassociated me from hope. And I think that we do that sometimes where we're like, I need a hope becomes like the, for me, became like a life raft or a, a, um, a buoy, something to hang on to when the storm started going. And I'd start panicking. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't worry, can't worry, can't worry. And if I felt like any of my friends, my people were losing hope, then I, I would react and say, no, 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 have hope, have hope. Because I hate the feeling of despair and hopelessness. I hate it. I hate it a lot. I hate it so much that I'm afraid of it. And there's the fear. Fear is never a good master of our decisions or the way we react or relate, excuse me, with one another. When we react like that, we're reacting typically out of a fear. And that's what the Lord was bringing up before camp, the week before camp. Somebody addressed it in my life, and I'm like, ooh, you're right. I'm afraid because I was reacting in something in her life. She goes, you need to understand that this is really truly how I feel right now, but it doesn't mean I don't have hope. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is my issue. <laughs> and the Lord was saying to me through Noah, who said two things. He said, God hopes for you. Like he has hope for you and he is hope. So then it's not about a, a thing to lay, lay hold of. It's a person. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the representation of hope. He is hope. And I woke up, and I'm thinking, thinking about all this this morning. Like I said, I'm in the process, and you're hearing me right now just process that stuff. And I'm like hearing my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I'm, this morning, I'm like thinking about that. Like that is my hope is built on Jesus Christ. And then we sing it. I, I, we're saying about hope all morning. This is how personal and wonderful this Savior of ours is. He just is like, hope, 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 hope. And I, and I was aware of it uh, in the midst of the camp week. This woman who is over 50, uh, <laughs> in the middle of a summer camp program for teenagers, God is like, I gotcha. And I want to do stuff just like I want to do it for the 12-year-old or 15-year-old or whatever. And that's what I mean. He's just so cool that way. I really, really love God. He's just so great. And, uh, and it, just having him do that again, even this morning, to just kind of weave it all together was so awesome. But at the very end of camp, in those last, 
really the last half an hour of camp. Um, deregistration, it's busy, I'm handing out meds, we're cleaning up, and it's crazy. And within a very short period of time, maybe within 15 minutes, I got, I got like socked in the gut three times by three different situations that could really tempt me to be hopeless. Just boom, 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 like that. And I won't go into the details of two of them. One of them is a dear friend who had just that day delivered a baby who had a a serious heart condition and died four days after the baby was born. And that's a really hard thing for anybody. I had done her ultrasound back in December and just seeing the pictures, she had put them on Facebook of this beautiful family and their dying child was like, talk about sucking the life out of you and now what am I gonna do because this buoy that I created isn't gonna work. And I felt like the Lord said, it's me. The pain is real, but so is the hope. But it's a person. It's not an attribute. It's not a principle to lay hold of. It's a person, and it's me, and you have me, and I have you, and I swallow you up in that hope. So go forward knowing that you're held in hope, even when it feels like, when, when you feel like you're despairing. I mean, if you still have the feels but truly underneath are the everlasting arms. And so that's honestly my testimony, and I'm, I'm not actually through it yet. I'm still moving on through clearly, but I just wanted to share that with you, especially for those of you who feel like, gosh, I, well, I, I'm too old to go to camp. <laughs> I wish God would interact with me. Whatever. He'll interact with you because you want him to, and, and he wants to. You're on the same page with that. So God bless you. It was a wonderful week. Do you want Tani to go next? <laughs> My husband wants to go last. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Tani. For those that don't know, I was an assistant counselor and a kitchen hand this week. I wasn't able to connect with my campers as much as I would have liked. I did connect with them a little with a, uh, for a little. Uh, I will touch on that in a little bit. I wrote down my testimony because I don't get words a lot when I'm in front of people. So, here. In this season of firsts and learning how to be an adult, I have found it easy to lose sight of things that I have learned over the years and to fall back into old habits. This week of camp has refreshed, reinforced, and expanded upon what I've learned. The things that I have relearned were that I am unique and that my purpose is important and that I have an effect on the world around me. Another thing I've learned is that whenever I make mistakes, God isn't disappointed. He only sees what I am becoming because my sins and mistakes are dead and gone. But there was something that came over me on Thursday night when I was praying for campers and seeing God impact everyone. God gave me the revelation that I was part of it. He said, now three campers have seen a part of me because of your prayers. I hear your prayers, Tani, and they have an effect on what I do. God pointed out another thing this week uh, when they talked about insecurities. God pointed out that many of my flawed thoughts are the effects of insecurities. This week taught me that I don't need to go through life with, the, with those pulling me back. I can just hand it over to God and trust that he took it, and I'm good to go. It's truly amazing. I'm very thankful for what God has done this week. 
listening to these testimonies is just so encouraging. Um, this past week, I was uh, in charge of the kitchen staff, and again, uh, we had a great crew. Uh, it wasn't as big as we've had in the past, but uh, uh, everything seemed to flow well. Uh, camp was was good. Camp was great, and everybody ate. Um, <coughs> Uh, but there was just so much that God does in, in a week at camp, in the young lives of uh, everybody that's there. Wednesday night was very powerful for me. Um, I, just, I just, during the worship time, um, I just felt the, the weight of the glory of God um, in the dining hall in, you know, while we were worshiping and uh, I just, you know, was so blessed um, to be touched by God. But he's, it, what, what I've heard throughout all the testimonies and everything here is that God knows each one of our hearts and is so uh, personal. He wants that personal relationship and to work in each one of our hearts to change us and to conform us into his image and <clears throat> listening to the, to these people, one one thing that hit me I went, it was Thursday night, watching Cliff praying for his campers, and then right next to him, Tani, praying for you know the campers as well. I mean, generations being passed down, the 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 glory of God uh, just coming and manifesting Himself and touching the lives of these kids and growing them up and I think that's what camp is for and intended and I think <coughs> what we need to look for or to put on next is a camp for seniors not seniors in high school but seniors <laughs> well you know we're gonna have a, a week-long camp of seniors all right we're gonna get out there and do tough mutter and zip lines and you know, we're still young here, you know? <laughs> and John's going to lead it. <laughs> Good morning. I don't make it up to camp during Camp Judah, but I've been to that camp. Camp Hickory Hill, and it has existed, I mean, I'm 51, I was going there 11, 12, 13 years old, and to see the camp, what it's grown into, it was there before Camp Judah, when we had 11 cabins, bare wood walls, those walls weren't painted, I mean, it was rustic. What you guys go to at Camp Judah and have as a game room, that was our mess hall. It wasn't this great big thing that Andy was in charge of this past week. We had a dozen picnic tables and we had to crowd in. And we had the bug juice, which was the Kool-Aid. <laughs> that was made in like a 30-gallon garbage can. So we had enough bug juice to go around. But there was, an, there's, there, there was and is an anointing on that land. God has put his presence there. If you kids haven't been there, get there. 
kids that kids that are here in this room that are here just because their parents have them here or because this is their church, but keep God at arm's length and say, I don't want to go to church camp for a week and just sit in church for a week. It's more than that. It's an encounter with God. I remember going to that camp and it's still there. Up in the far corner of the field, there's a cross that we would go and have the campfire at. Not big like it is now. We would meet with Sam Richbart, who Camp Judah, you kids don't know, but the leadership knows it's not just a camp that takes place two weeks over the summer for Camp Judah. Camp Pickery Hill takes place all throughout the summer for kids and girls, boys and girls of all ages. There's father and son camps. There's mother and daughter camps. Parents get involved with your kids. As was shared today, we're losing them. Get involved with them. Do it with them. Be a family. To God be the glory. I've been associated with Hickory Hill and Judah before he was born. <laughs> I won't see how long. Anyways, um, this week was great. I had an opportunity to be up there uh, doing rifle range. And uh, it might not seem like much, but I had just got the training a couple weeks ago. And I've never been through a rifle range you know, class to see it, how it was done. And I was getting paranoid about the whole thing. And I had to have my wife pray for me. And um, I didn't know how it was going to go, and it, and it went good. And um, even had, you know, it just need to be able to, while the kids are there struggling with the rifle, to be able to lay hands on them and pray for them was cool. And I was really, really impressed this week with the quality of leadership at camp. And, uh, John, it's amazing, the, the, the people that they have there. And, you know, the people, our, people, our people that are counselors there, I was watching them this week, just, I was so um, these girls were amazing in the mudder. <laughs> to see girls come out, and I was right after they went through the mud. I mean, from head to toe, you know, mud. And then they're coming to you, say, "You want a hug?" <laughs> no. And um, and to see the teamwork at the mudder, to see the, these counselors and, and the kids working together, and uh, and the part that I was at was amazing. I don't know how they did it, and yet uh, Donovan's group. Uh, did you know the part that that I was in charge of better than any group there? They came up with this brilliant idea on how to do it, and um, to see God touch young people was amazing. Uh, I, I learned that God does have a great dance floor, and, <laughs> and it was there, and um, just so many things. And 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 uh, like we've heard, Hickory Hill has been around for a long time and been touching a lot, a lot of lives. And this is just a part of that that we've had opportunity to also be a part of. And Judah has changed lives. And what Kathy was sharing about seeing the, the ones that, that were, you know, real little at one time now be the leaders and God changing their lives. And on what's in store, we, we don't have any idea. And, and I thank John for giving me an opportunity to be a part of a week a camp. And um, I, I've been there for a long time, but I had never spent a week of summer camp on those grounds. 
And uh, so it was, it was really my first time, too. And uh, it was amazing. Amazing. If we're going to do a seniors camp, we're going to need a whole fleet of nurses. Yeah. I'll... <laughs> I'll put you guys down the slip and slide and then go straight to the emergency room. I've, d I've done it, trust me. Um, I just want to thank everyone who served, whether it was in any type of thing that you felt like was a small capacity or if you served for the whole week. Thank you so much for serving. Um, you guys did an awesome job. I'm telling you, the people from our church really did an awesome job to make camp happen, so thank you. Um, if while any of these people were sharing, if inside you were like, man, I wish I could go to camp. I wish I could experience that. Or maybe you heard somebody share a truth that God spoke to them, and you're like, man, I need that truth to be true for me. Like, I know it's true, but it just doesn't feel very true for me right now. Um, if that's, if that, any of you are in that place, I'm going to have all these guys just stand up here at the end for a little while, and we're going to put some music on. Um, and if you've got places to go, that's understand, be released, church is over. But um, if you're in that place where you're like, you know what, I need one of those truths to be true for me, then I'm going to make opportunity for these guys to pray for you guys. And uh, if you're in that place, you guys can just line up up here. Um, just come up and stand in front of one of these guys and ask them to pray for you. All right? Be blessed. Have an awesome week. And again, thank you guys all for serving.